We are live, and welcome back to the Yes Functional Longevity Podcast, where we give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Hi, my name is Chris Border, best-selling author and owner of Yes Fitness. Finally, coming to you live again. We've had a couple of taped episodes here because of I've had to do some coaching, but we are live today in a beautiful. Tuesday afternoon in Burlington, Connecticut. And I want to thank you for joining me today, taking time to listen to episode 201. We are now in the 200s for episodes. Imagine that all these years having something to say. So before we get into today's topic, which I know has perked up some ears, reasons why it's good to elevate cortisol for better results. I first just want to let everybody know that we are closed the full 4th of July weekend. That's Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Um, it's a big holiday. Start of the summer. A lot of people on vacation already. So if you are around town, I'm going to apologize. We're not going to be open. But I want you to be able to enjoy this weekend. Hopefully we have some nice weather. Get out there. Be active. Do some swimming, hiking, cycling, whatever it might be. Enjoy some family, some food. And don't be too worried about it if you're eating some of those poor calorie choices over this weekend because we will get back at it next week. So let's jump right into this because I just thought we could talk about cortisol. And we've been talking about hormones and some of this comes from the book that I've recently read, um, Next Level Metabolism. And the reason why I mention this is oftentimes in the coaching center, cortisol comes up with respect to stress and how it's um, looked at as being evil. In many people's mind, it's evil. It's an evil thing. And it's going to help you gain weight, not burn fat, gain belly fat, and all things like that. But in reality, there are times when you want cortisol levels to increase. You need to understand that cortisol affects different effects on the body and how to increase it or decrease it will lead to better results. So we've talked about hormones before, right? And the body uses hormones to react as a barometer to what's going on in the environment. So we want to always want to find a spot where it's just the right thing, just the right, quarter, right amount of cortisol. So not only Stress hormones impact how many calories you can eat in a day, but it can impact the quality of those calories as well. And it'll even impact on where you might burn those calories or store those calories and things like that. So this explanation, I hope, will help you understand the importance of trying to keep things in check, keep hormones in check, and how to keep those hormones in check in this particular hormone, cortisol, which is always looked at as being evil. The hormones are the cellular messengers in the sense that they deliver that information, the information of what's going on outside the body. And one term or one way that we want to take a look at cortisol is that is it's a 911 hormone. It is the trigger. It's the first responder. It goes out there and it's the first thing that goes out there, okay, when the body's out of whack, when the hormone level is out of whack and it's your body just trying to react to what's going on in the environment. 
Cortisol plays both a protective role and an adaptation role in working against inflammation, and it will also release the body's sugar and fat stores to meet the demands of stress. It helps meet the demands of stress, either by releasing sugar and releasing stored fat or storing those fats. So it's a 911. It's a 911 hormone. And anything that poses a potential threat to the body will result in this cortisol being called to help. It's like the fire department or the police department or whatever, however you want to look at it. But another analogy he likes to use is that cortisol, you got to think of it as a jock, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde hormone. So if you think about that story, the Dr. Jekyll and Hyde story, Dr. Jekyll was just this normal, upstanding citizen, nothing really bothered him. But at times he had some dark thoughts. And this kind of concerned him. So he developed a serum to disconnect himself from these dark impulses. And this serum worked sometimes and sometimes the serum didn't work. And when it didn't work, out came his alter ego, the evil Dr. Hyde. So cortisol, Dr. Jekyll or Dr. Hyde. And he had these struggles trying to keep the balance, right? In the story, if you remember the story, he had struggles, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And... That's the same thing that happens with cortisol. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. So we don't. We, cortisol can be evil, and it can help store fat and shrink our muscle. But it's also required for optimum health, and it's also required to help burn fat under the right circumstances. So there's no question that it can be very destructive in certain situations, like when we're chronically elevated stress or when it's continuously suppressed. When cortisol is too high or too low, it turns into the evil Mr. Hyde. And when it's in balance, it becomes Dr. Jekyll. So hormones also behave differently depending upon what's going on in the environment and, and who they're hanging out with, sort of. So high cortisol... In a low calorie state, so you got a lot of cortisol in a low calorie state will produce a different outcome than if you have a high cortisol in high calorie state. You want cortisol high when you're exercising. You want it low when you're not. So there's a time when you want high levels of cortisol when you're exercising. So during exercise, cortisol works with your other fat-burning hormones like the catecholamines and growth hormones to increase fat releases. So cortisol can be good. High cortisol levels when you're not exercising is going to be a different story. It's going to be a problem. When, high, when cortisol is high and you're not exercising, it's going to start to hang out with insulin, and that has the opposite effect. It is going to help store fat. It's not going to burn fat. So understanding these different hormonal interactions is very important. So typically we talk about cortisol as being just a fat storing and not necessarily as a fat burning hormone. And you need to think of it as both ways. And this is because an increase in the activity of the lipoprotein lipase, LPL, the body's major fat storing enzyme. And cortisol will increase that. 
but it also increases the activity of hormone sensitivity lipase or HSL, the body's chief fat releasing enzyme. So you can see it help burn fat. It can help release fat when it's in the right amount, in the right state, typically when you're exercising. We're going to talk about what exercise you should be doing for that to happen. So growth hormones in the catecholamines which are higher during exercise and fasting periods, accentuate cortisol burning potentially and while suppressing the fat storing potential. That's the key. That's what you want to look for. That's when cortisol is good. In the fed state, when insulin is around and there's high amounts of cortisol, hormone-sensitive lipase, HSL, activity is turned way down and the LPL, the lipoprotein lipase activity, is cranked up. And in this way, insulin magnifies cortisol fat-storing properties while blocking its fat-burning activities. Cortisol and insulin together also block the action of each by decreasing the sensitivity of the respective receptors. So they're not going, the receptors are not going to be as sensitive, so they're not going to be able to act upon the body as it's meant to be act upon. This means that eating is not the only way to become insulin resistant. Stress can do it too. So cortisol actually is not a fat-storing belly fat hormone, despite what you may have heard over the years. Yes, it can be that, but it takes insulin and cortisol together with a high-calorie diet, and that's really the cause of belly fat, not just cortisol alone. It's cortisol hanging out with insulin and having a lot of calories. That's what's going to build that belly fat. Cortisol also interacts with the body's main metabolic fat-burning engine, and that would be the thyroid gland. Cortisol and the catecholamines sensitize thyroid responses. When you have low cortisol, can also lead to low thyroid activity. High cortisol blocks the normal um, conversing of the inactive thyroid, T4, into the active thyroid, T3. So here we go again. It's like the Goldilocks we talked about. You don't want too much. You don't want too little. You want just the right amount, especially at certain times, especially when you're under stress or you have end or high calories. <coughs> Cortisol also affects your cravings. By mechanisms that are not fully understood, but cortisol along with stress hormones increases the desire for more palatable, high calorie, dense foods. It will simultaneously, it's shutting down your goal-oriented centers of the brain. And so we, we're not going to be able to maintain the, the, the mindset to be able to get to our goals or our ramping up our reward centers of the brain. So this is a bad combination. So the brain's suppressing our ability to get to our goal, and it's ramping up our reward center. And it's no reason that there are times we just get out of control 
and we have crazy cravings, whether it might be a bag of chips or ice cream or burger, whatever it might be, cortisol just may be the culprit of this. Now, there are other ways that stress, you know, and belly fat are produced and how cortisol all affects that. But I don't want to get into the deep science of that. I'm just trying to get the point across to you that cortisol is neither good nor bad. And we want to try to keep some kind of homeostasis, some kind of balance to it. And there are many factors that go into how it affects the body. And it's complicated. Okay? It's complicated. So just keep that in mind. Maybe not necessarily try to figure it out. But there are three ways I'm going to talk to you about how you can help regulate your cortisol. Okay? So keep in mind, let's keep in mind that the cortisol is our 911, okay? So we're going to think about eating frequency here. It's a 911 hormone. So both eating and not eating can raise your cortisol level. So, for example, skipping meals can raise cortisol because the brain requires a constant supply of glucose. So for some people, skipping a meal will cause the blood sugar changes that creates a cortisol response. In doing so, too much can cause many negative effects. Eating also raises cortisol. Again, cortisol is the alarm hormone, and it helps regulate the immune response. In those who have food sensitivities, it can affect that very pronouncedly. So when it comes to eating frequency, don't be so rigid about it, okay? Think about the things that I've been talking about. Think about keeping your, your hunger, your energy, and your cravings all in check. As we talked about, keep your heck in check. For some, it may mean consuming a lot of small frequent meals. And for others, it may mean fewer meals, okay? Fewer smaller meals. So one size doesn't fit all. We've been talking about this. Just remember that a healthy, low-calorie meal isn't healthy if you eat healthy all day long. And then at the end of the day, you crash and have a you know, big bowl of ice cream over a brownie, okay? Monitor that yourself on a daily basis. Your hunger, your energy, and your cravings. And I know there's a lot of controversy over meal timing. I went to some um, a couple of lectures in the last conference I went to, okay? And there's controversy about having a post-workout shake. But you got to find what works for you. I'm going to tell you that eating small meals, meals is the best way to go. Five, six days a week, we find that to work. But if it doesn't work within your lifestyle, and we find that you're overeating because of that, or you're always thinking about food, and we go to three meals a day, that's fine. It's whatever's going to work for you to make sure that you're not hungry, you have energy, and you're not having cravings. And we always talk about a lot of protein and getting that into our, 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 um, our diet. Well, a post-workout shake is one of the best ways you can do that. You know, ramp that 30 grams of protein right after your workout. And what else that will do is if you have long workouts and hard workouts and you find yourself really hungry after working out, maybe having that post-workout shake will suppress that. It can suppress that post-cortisol reaction. It's storing and not allowing the fat to be burned. 
So think about that. If you find yourself working out and you like an hour or two later, you're just, you know, just crazy hungry. Think about having a post-workout shake. It's going to curb that hunger. It's going to curb that craving and it's going to get some protein in your body. And it's a good thing. So take a look at your meal frequency. The second thing to take a look at is your exercise. We want to be doing short, intense exercise or exercises that weight training dominant. Don't be in the gym for an hour, pumping iron, getting all kinds of hungry because that's going to make you eat. Next thing you know, going to spike that cortisol and we're going to have a problem. So let's get the cortisol that we're looking for through short, intense exercise. Let's make it weight training dominant. And some slow, relaxing stuff afterwards is really good for cortisol. So go take a nice long walk. I know right now I'm not moving as much during the day because I'm in the office more and I'm not coaching quite as much. So I'm starting my day. I get up and I go to walk for an hour. Typically get three, three and a half, four miles in in that hour's time. And in in the case of those short, intense exercise, cortisol cortisol is elevated along with the growth hormones and along with the catecholamines, okay, which is good for burning fat. So let's think about intensity, okay? Plus that shorter duration means you're going to have less compensatory hunger later and less chance of going catabolic, less chance of overeating. Whereas if you do a long duration moderate and intense exercise, cortisol can easily be dominated by overgrowth, promoting hormones that associated with post-workout hunger and cravings and less anabolic potential. So that's what you're going to think about. We got two things so far we're thinking about meal frequency. We want to think about short, intense workouts, along with some long, slow, relaxing movements, like a walk, okay? Really good to walk outside in nature. That's probably one of the best things. That's number two. And number three, we're going to take a look at some rest-based living. It's what um, we talk about in Next Level Metabolism. Find as many opportunities as possible to prioritize Rest and relaxation, recovery, recovery, massage, naps, foam rolling, some laughter, baths, playing with your pets, leisurely walks, sitting in a sauna, all this kind of stuff, meditation, all these activities are going to help you lower your cholesterol. So those are the three things without really trying to figure out what the heck's going on with cortisol in your body because cortisol, as I said, can be good and it can be evil. Well, let's make it good. Well, let's not pump it up to be evil. So let's not over-exercise. Let's not exercise so hard and for so long that we're hungry. And so it's going to overtake the cortisol, right? Let's let's make sure we're de-stressing. Try to relax. Well, those that 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 relaxed life. Look for recovery to help with that. And keep your eye on your meals. Keep your eye on your meals. Your frequency. Keep the keep your eye on your hunger, your energy, and your cravings. Those three things. And we'll keep cortisol in check. And we'll keep it the Goldilocks, right where it needs to be. I hope this is helpful for you. 
hope it gives you a little bit of insight on cortisol. There's certainly all kinds of stuff you can read about it on the internet and grab some books like Next Level Metabolism, super book about it. I thought I'd try to break it down for you to make it simple and easy to understand. Do those three things. You'll keep your cortisol in check. You'll get better results. If you have any questions, always leave it in the comments. Give me a call. Swing by. I'd be more than happy to help you with this. And that's it for today. Again, thanks. And you can look for me next Tuesday where I'm going to give you some more insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Have a great evening.